This is Lindsay Williams, and you're listening to the Drunkard United show. Bless your little cotton socks. Yes, bless our, all of our little cotton socks. We have uh, Mel being very happy. I thought I'd give her the little shout today with Villa. Yeah, good for her. It's been a good week for her. Yeah, it's been a, been a, been a good week. Good you know. for her. The sad part is Tottenham's going to fuck it off, and it's going to be against Leeds, and it's going to fuck my team over. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, yay, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Fucking United! Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, father of the year, giving out all the nutritious breakfasts. My co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, brother? Bacon. Pile o bacon. <laughs> Only thing that child was bacon. missing was a black coffee and a pack of smokes. <laughs> yeah. It's bacon. That's what's for breakfast. It's bacon. What does the bag say? I can't read. It's bacon. <laughs> There's another old reference. There are some people out there. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've had to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, chin binge continues, but we're afar. You are in lovely Baltimore and I am down here in beautiful Annapolis. What gin and tonic are you drinking tonight? Uh, so I went with one that I represent, of course, uh, Grey Whale Gin, uh, which we've done on the show before. It's a new one, uh, relatively new one from Deutsch, only been around for about 18 months. All of the ingredients are sourced from the California coast, and that includes uh, uh, Baja, California as well. Uh, it's made with juniper limes, fir trees, sea kelp, mint, and almonds. Uh, it is 86 proof. Um, the almonds actually are what gives it a quite a creamy mouthfeel, uh, almost like if you think Tito's vodka, Almost has the same kind of mouthfeel mm-hmm. as Tito's does. Just obviously with a, a lot more flavor because it's gin, not vodka. Um, the sea kelp gives it a little brininess. Sorry, I had to step away. I thought my tonic was a twist top, and it is not a twist top. No, it is not. So I need to Use find your teeth. a can opener. Add just use the side of the counter. You don't own that house anymore. Oh, well, hold on. You do own that house. You own two houses now. <laughs> Million yeah, dollars. Now I own two in houses. Debt. Exactly right. I am in loads of debt. Uh, so I chose the uh, sparkling Sicilian lemonade. Ooh, okay. Uh, from from Fever Tree. Very nice. To go with this one. Um, yeah, so kind of almost. Uh, I mean, it is a lemonade, but it is delicious. Collins. It's a Collins. It really highlights the citrus notes. Mm-hmm. Really highlights the citrus notes in this gin, um, and that brininess I hope will really come out uh, as well as the mint because uh, mint and lemon I think is delicious mm-hmm. as well. Fantastic flavor combination, definitely. The you know doing strawberry mint or blueberry mint or strawberry basil, blueberry basil, all of those really work well with lemonade. Lovely. How much does your gin typically run on the shelf? <sighs> Uh, usually about twenty nine ninety nine, um, but uh, between there and thirty four ninety nine, depending mm-hmm. on what deal the store buys. Very good, very good. Now they do have a they have a case one price, and then they jump all the way up to a three case price. So it, it can vary. It's about uh, three dollars difference in wholesale cost. Yeah. 
that makes so, it, it makes a, yeah. that makes a good price point difference as long as you're moving the volume to do it you know that's it's it's great absolutely be at the right competitive price that's for sure now uh for us yeah but it, it's freaking delicious i love this we also went and now we're gonna have a we have a citrus tonic but the citrus is grapefruit so instead of being like a sparkling lemonade we have a grapefruit tonic that we're working with tonight and this i'm not going to promote the brand it's the it's the one from total it's their their house mixers but i did it with starlight gin which is based out of indiana we've had some of their whiskeys before on the show a couple of different single barrels Mm -hmm. from them the fun thing with this a lot of anise, mm-hmm. like anise root, so licorice kind of thing going on with the uh, gin, and it strangely plays well yeah. with with the grapefruit, the the citrus and the and the licorice. Actually, it, it works. The juniper gets lost, which isn't a bad thing because you know you get a lot of other interesting herbs that get to take front and center when the juniper finally gets toned down. Yeah. I really like that licorice back finish. Kind of has like that Mike and Ike kind of flavor to it. Yeah, I give you I, I definitely give you that. It's 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 a lovely little finish. The yeah. um the, the tonic water for me could have a little more grapefruit bitterness to it. It's mm-hmm. got that, you know, peel brininess to it but quinine already has that brininess to it so i I don't i would Mm -hmm. like a little more citrus to it but it's a it's a good little combination i'm enjoying it so if we do another round before uh injury time yeah what about adding the gooseberries Ooh, i could definitely do that yeah Yeah, gooseberry i'll bring that in for you throw a couple of gooseberries and i can do that for you mrs we're fancy graham i think I i might need that for sound check next week i can make that happen for you what else do we always have to do mr graham Always remember to drink responsibly unless you're getting criticized for your child's eating habits. <laughs> Very then, good. Then do whatever you want. Heard. <laughs> All right. So internet cheers for you, Mr. Graham, as I cheers producer Mel. Very good. Ah, this is not a fun segment to do, Mr. Graham. It's a regrettable segment, but it's one we do every single year. Yep. Rele- relegation has taken its first club. Fulham 2, Southampton nil. The Saints are the first to get relegated, and unfortunately, we all kind of saw this coming. Yeah, we did. Um, it is sad, uh, absolutely, especially because one of our very good friends and a uh, member of our fantasy league and contributing member frequently mm-hmm. uh, to the show, Kenny. Patreon guy. Is, um, yep is is a you know a supporter of Southampton Football Club but they have made a series of decisions over the last few years that have led them to this position um financially they've been irresponsible uh in general which led them to being unable to invest in the club uh, this past summer for real in, in any real means now they did buy some young players those young players have since not panned out really um they fired a decent manager, got in an absolute psychopath uh, who actually took manager. them down two places and they gave him way too long, that manager. Uh, they didn't get the the previous manager, Ralph Hassenhood, long enough. And Nathan Jones, they gave way too long, uh, uh, in my he'll, opinion. He'll always have beating Everton, his only win. Right. His only win. Now – we have, you know, these last, what, eight games or so has turned back for this current manager who I didn't even bother to learn his name, to be honest, because I didn't think he was going to be around that long. Uh, uh, but if, he did pick up two wins If you go to a third draws. manager, you're normally going down. Yeah. He did pick up two wins and three draws. So he did double, uh, actually trebled the point total that Nathan Jones uh, did in terms of, you know, points on the board versus wins that Nathan Jones got. Um, but I think he actually has a plan. Southampton, we're playing better. They're just not very good uh, at the end of the day. Um, I, I thought they showed glimpses of, of being all right, not necessarily in this game, just over the last, you know, four or five games. They showed glimpses of, you know, maybe having the facilities to deal with the championship. Um, but the Premier League was a step too far. These players need experience. They need time together. They need a cohesive plan they look lost out there and much like Norwich finished the campaign. Was it last season or season before or whatever it was? Um, I think it was last season. Mm-hmm. 
Southampton kind of go out without a, even a whimper. Um, they didn't have many chances in this game. The two times they they almost did something. Um, one of them did score, was offside, and the other one uh, didn't score but was close and was also offside. Uh, and Fulham weren't really at the races. Uh, and Mitrovic, not having played in eight games, came in and within, what, four minutes it was or something from coming on the pitch, Got a scored goal. a goal, yeah. um, a, a diving header that he shouldn't have been allowed to get on the end of. Um, it, it just all around just hasn't been good enough from Southampton in general this season. And it's really sad to say, and you know, because we know somebody who supports this club, but, you know, I've been saying it since it happened at Cardiff uh, when they did the little airplane thing a few years back mm-hmm. uh, after that transfer um, uh, transfer signing for Cardiff died in the plane crash. I've been wanting them to go down in general. They need to kick up the arse and, and to do things the right way. And uh, and finally, they got that they got that chance. I feel bad for my friend, but not for the club. Uh, interesting James Ward-Prowse talked with uh, NBC Sports uh, over here in America after the match, and it was very pointed, some of the criticisms that he made, and uh, one being at the appointment of Nathan Jones. He said in the middle of the season, we got it wrong as a club. Mm-hmm. That's directed right at the front office. That's you hired the wrong guy, and that is your talismanic captain that is a guy who has been with your club his entire life and will not be with your club when you go down to the championship he's one of the few well, that, sellable exactly assets it. you have that's the that's the surprising bit of this comment is you need these people to sell you yeah so why would you level that sort of criticism against them right before you need them to do you a solid well it was even more pointed after the fact after that he flat out said he goes we were never right from the first day of training because that then goes back to Hassenhudel. that also goes back to him then with the board going you didn't give us the pieces we needed to be successful and you expected me to score a bunch Mm -hmm. of free kick goals you know at some well i well he also did his bit though he did what he was supposed to do. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he de- he definitely did. Now, where do we think this leaves Southampton as a whole as they go down? Mm. I'll go first since That's you're a up. difficult question. I was going to say you're a puffin on the That's vape there. That's a difficult there. question. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking because it, it's a really difficult question because they, they are in a situation where they have a couple serviceable strikers in – the championship the proven serviceable strikers and Stuart armstrong and jay adams yeah it that's exactly what i was both gonna of get those, to both of those players though need service they don't really create on their own mm-hmm. and if james ward prowse does leave which everyone pretty much uniformly uh from the bbc all the way down to us schmucks all the way over to the psychos that are keys and gray believe that james ward prowse is leaving southampton football yeah. club um we, you know, what service is he, are, are they going to get, you know what I mean, w- without that sort of player there? Now, well, that being said, if they hold on to people like Walker Peters and uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and some of those kind of people, there is a chance, sure, that, that they'll be able to, you know, because those players are Premier League players, those, those couple of players. Um, but I think those strikers will will fire them, you know, back up into the Premier League within a season or two. And do they keep? Do they keep Lavia? Is going to be Lavia is going to be the big one for me. Yeah, the biggest problem with their finances, they're going to have to fire sale some players. And Che Adams could get you fifteen million mm-hmm. from you know somebody. Could get you fifteen million from somebody that's you know kind of floundering in the league that needs somebody off the bench. A very desperate Everton paid fifteen million for Mope because we had no strikers with Calvert Lewin getting injured, and we were just we were fucked, and we just threw fifteen million at a guy who got us one goal and really hasn't offered much and is going to walk at the end of the season. I guarantee you, yep. there's going to be people like us or Leeds or. You know, if Leeds stays up or uh, Forest, who knows? Because they just want to buy everybody, anyways. But there's going to be clubs that are going to need some strikers, and there could be that guy gets picked up. 
Now, I also think, though, too, like like you said, if both those two stay down, that's two 20-goal scores in the championship. Like, they're they going to score yeah. goals. Like, who knows how many they're going to give up, but they're going to score goals. I'm really interested to see as a whole, how does this all shape out for them? How many people do they lose? How much do they have to rely on their farm system? They are young. That's the positive, right? If they don't lose many of these these guys, they're a very young team. They should be okay in the championship. Yeah, I mean that has to that has to be the positive. Is that those games, as, as we talk about and joke about every season, come thick and fast. That is not a league made for somebody like James Milner or you know, yeah, Gareth Barry back in the day. That is not a league made for an elder statesman. That is a league made for a young buck that you know. Young, dumb, and full of cum. Let's be honest. You know what I mean. <laughs> that's the, that's the whole thing. It, you know, it's like going out in Federal Hill here in Baltimore, right? If you're not 25 and younger, that ain't for you. You know, if you're over 25, you need to go down to Fells where it's a little slower. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you go down to Fells where you get to feed, feed your ty- child heaping plates of bacon. Yeah, I mean it's a regular occurrence. You know, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens, but unfortunately, the Premier League, like every season, has caught its first victim. The title is all but decided as City win and Arsenal lose. But each of their opponents had storylines too. One moves closer to Europe, and the other stays safe while holding on to goal differential. Manchester City 3, Everton 0, Brighton 3, Arsenal nil. Uh, toffees were tough as shit for the first thirty. I mean, it took it took an unbelievable goal from Gundogan to break that that stalemate. I think both of these games have the same context. Brighton were looking to avenge their five one defeat to you last week, mm-hmm. kind of same way. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe it was Manchester United. They did after. Uh, losing the forest um, or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Wolves. It was Wolves that they beat 6-0 or 6-1. to one. Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves. You're right. You're right. Well, uh, Manchester United was last weekend. Yeah, you're right. The So this was difficult for a, a couple of reasons for both teams, but it was the same sort of situation for, for Everton and Arsenal. Once that first goal went in from our opposition – it, it was over. It was, that was done. It. There it was, was done. no coming back. It didn't matter what happened. That was it. Um, both of us held out for a long time. Both of us showed a lot of fight, a lot of steel. Um, obviously, you could see the Arsenal players, having known the result from City, looked a bit all over the place uh, to begin yeah. with. They tried to fight, literally fight for it. It was very chippy in those opening stages. Everton in the same regard, tried to have a 4A forward here and there. Uh, Force Ederson actually into a pretty good save early on. Yeah. Um, uh, And had that goal gone in, would have been a little bit different, I think. Um, But Gundogan pulls that that magic out of nowhere. What are you going to do? What are you going to do on that goal? You're not going to do anything. What are you supposed to do? Exactly right. And it it was no surprise. Um, he turned provider, what, two minutes later, three minutes later? Gorgeous and just cross. just clipped that ball to Holland. Now, what I found funny is, um, do you ever remember playing Super Mario on regular Nintendo back in the day? Yes, I do. And you would push the button expecting, like, you know, one of the little things to move or a bullet to shoot out at you or whatever, and you would jump Mario and he would be jumping and going and then you'd go oh fuck and try to pull him back that's what pickford looked oh, like oh yeah pickford was Holland going one goal. way and then just went ah. it like, <laughs> what it was like you jumped for that moving platform and then it moved a little too fast and he was trying to get back but he couldn't quite get there what's silly about that <laughs> is he still got a hand to that fucking thing that's what was even know, crazier right? uh what was funny up until that point, too, and uh, this is where I got to mention that Pep gonna Pep, right, is 
Mina was doing exactly what Mina does. He was just out there being a shit house, like right. Him and Holland got a talking to three minutes into that match. Like immediately, the center official yep. was like, uh, "You two, you you two, right now, fucking stop it, both of you. Stop being assholes. Stop it now." And um, and Mina at the end of the match apparently. Pep went walking up to him and decided to have one of his one-on-ones that he likes to have with opposing players. Like with Nathan Redmond back in the day, and yeah. Pep apparently had led on to it in his presser. He was like, oh, I was just telling him he's a much more talented player than that. He's a very talented player. He doesn't need to do that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yes, Yuri Mita does. Yuri Mita lives... For- Pep, you need to understand the role of a shithouser. <laughs> like... They live for this shit. <laughs> it's like they so absolutely ever, live yeah, for have this you shit. Ever once watched a game from a South American team? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just he's just being normal. Like leave him alone. And our, he's doing what he does. I also love our, our boy Ryan from the American Toffee Pot. I was listening to to their show today, and he's just like, "Shut up, Pep! Like you don't have your guys do this. Like just." <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, oh, there's the yeah. guys who play against you are supposed to play this classy, you know, professional style of football, but you all can fucking have a piss. Go right the hell ahead. But nobody else can. So this is this is a this is a weird thing that I that I heard today too. Is the 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 pep kind of weirdness, right? We all know he's a fucking pervert for for football. Oh yeah. Is is the fact that he's very quick to do exactly what you're saying. The Excuse me, the praising after the fact. The, oh, you're an amazing talent. You're this, you're that, you're better than this. Why are you doing it this way? Da, 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 da. But I thought it was very interesting to see how he reacted to Big Sam's comments last week. Yeah. Or over the weekend, rather, yeah, he, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, midweek. Um, how he reacted to Big Sam's comments because he got preempted with the mind games mm-hmm. um, when when he said what he said. And he almost not necessarily looked flustered per se, but he, he did not look in his press conference. He did not look on his game, if you will. Yeah, agreed. You know, um, so that, that, that I found interesting, but it was, it, you know, there's something comforting about seeing Pep revert to type and coaching opposition players <laughs> after they had a comfortable 3-0 win. Something very interesting also that happened at the end of the match is the ushers made this giant rectangle around the tunnel going out. And it was like, are y'all like preparing for something? Because it's not like the boards here at the fucking game. Like we don't need to protect them from imaginary headlocks. We'll be okay. Well, like, I was gonna say they just want to make sure Pep. Could, well, you can't get Pep in a headlock because he's bald. He just slide right out. Slide right out. Now for for Everton, uh, it also worth mentioning the Gundogan free kick was nasty. Like it just that was dirty. That was oh, dirty as fuck. So dirty. Then worth mentioning for. Everton, the key thing, get out of this without losing 4-0. They didn't lose 4-0. This is, I mean, if yeah. this was the free pass game, right? It was like, play them tough. If something happened in that first half, awesome. You got a chance. The minute the game started to get away, uh, Dom gets pulled at halftime. There was a, he did say his groin was hurting and wanted to stay on. And Deich was like, nope pulling you off the pitch right now because I need you for the we next need two. You for the last two games. Yeah. I don't need you to nick me one here. I need you to I need you to get me a couple in the next two matches. That's what I need you for you. Well here here's here's the other thing here's the other thing I find interesting about what you just said. This was the free hit game was was your quote, right? Which which we've talked about. I, I agree with that sentiment. Um somebody I was listening to this morning said essentially the same thing. Like Arsenal you know, it, it seems like coming back from the World Cup, there were a lot of teams that just went, uh, we're not going to get three points anyway, so we might as well try to stand up to them and and play. And they didn't actually go into, Man- into the game against Man City over the last couple of months 
with any sort of real game plan. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the season, you look at like the Newcastle 3-3, and you look at a couple of these other other games that they dropped points in, which gave us our lead to begin with, and they were fallible, Man City. But after the World Cup, for whatever reason, don't know why, a lot of teams stopped doing that and just Mm -hmm. went, I guess – these yeah we're might as well not even play this weekend it's like a glorified training session right and and i wonder how much of that mentality actually played into a lot of the results over the last couple of months because you can see teams that that turn up that normally give city a game and just got walloped you know and I don't think it was City being that devastating, honestly. I mean, they, they've they've had their moments where they've looked quite shaky. Everton season. had chances, and when Everton changed up their formation after the third goal, they went, we're going to three in the back, we're going to put in wing backs. Everton then took 73% of the ball for, like, the next 20 minutes. Like, they oh, yeah. really, they took it to them. They, uh, but what mm-hmm. Everton wasn't going to do is Everton wasn't going to give up a fourth goal. That wasn't going to happen. And, like, Adressa Gay gets subbed out. Why? Because you need him for Wolves and for Bournemouth. You don't need him for this. And it was, you know, obviously this all blows up in Everton's face if they don't, you know, win at Wolves or or they end up losing their last two and they go down. But, you know, this it wasn't, it wasn't bad from them. And, again, you didn't give up four. You kept goal differential. And that goal equals three I, I points this think, time of the year. I, I I also think somebody here that could be playing for his job if you stay up. Well, it depends on what these FFP regulations, I guess, turn back. But somebody that might be on, on auction is uh, Decore. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very poor in this game. I thought he gave the ball away cheaply. There were two or three times that you all had, you were turning the screw and could have done something. And Decore had a heavy touch or a straight pass or a a bad trap or whatever mm-hmm. and um and allowed City to recover and, and move on. And then like we we both said over and over again so far is once that once that first goal went in, it was done. Yeah. Um I thought of Wobi. If he's not your next captain, I don't know who the fuck is. Yeah, yeah you, I would, I I would he, agree. He's been this season. He's been your fucking bright spot. Yeah, in defensive decor, I would say the goods outweigh the bads, and and he's also the kind of player that fits right into a dice system. He needs that high energy midfielder who's going to run all over the fucking place and and be a motor, and that's what Decorey's been for the most part. Yes, there was the. I mean that, that that part's fair. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. But is is Dice your long term goal, or is he your six month guy to keep you up? I think Dice is going to be. Oh, there? I if we stay up, I think Dice is the manager next season, and I think he's got the whole year. You know, I I think it's what we talked about before. It's the work towards okay. improving the the side as a whole is is what I'm getting. I got you. Know? you. Yeah. But uh, right. bef- before That's we hit fine. yours, let me go ahead and do my shot of Malort real quick. Uh, it was expected. Here's hoping I do zero more the rest of the season. Ah, lovely, horrible. Blah, blah. Well, you've been getting used to it this year. Yeah, still doesn't taste good. Just, just, just because you know what? Just because you eat dog shit a lot, a lot doesn't mean you like the taste of dog shit, Sam. You know. <clears throat> This is only my fifth one that I'm about to do. Well, on to you guys there, too. Here's one thing that people overlook is Brighton's had your number, and Brighton's had your number in your building, too, as of late, over the past several years. They've really done well against you, and you're right. It was, the unfortunately for you guys, knowing the result – going out there trying to push the action, which was exactly what they wanted you to do. Exactly, 100%. And and that ass-whooping certainly didn't help them, that's for sure. Yeah, and it it kind of, you know, it's a shame. I said it a couple of weeks ago when we lost to City. I'll say it again now, and it, it sounds now cliched because 
there is a lot of Arsenal internet being Arsenal internet, right? I didn't buy into this entire title challenge until mid-March when we beat United. Right. I spoke to you about this before. Yep. It only took them six weeks to disappoint me again. Right. So I'm happy with our season. You're playing Champions League ball. I'm I'm absolutely happy with our season. We are guaranteed a direct spot into the Champions League group stage. Yeah. We don't have to worry about these early qualifiers. We can have a full proper preseason. Uh, you know, we're working with players and and they're already talking about bringing people in early and that's great. What I want to see now, what I think is very important is how we respond in the next couple games. The title is gone. And it's a shame that it, it kind of petered out the way it petered out, you know, draws and losses against much lower opposition. I mean, you're talking about Southampton, West Ham. Yeah. Liverpool this season, albeit in Anfield, Liverpool this season is lesser opposition to Arsenal. You had them. General. You were up 2-0 we, on them. You were up 2-0 on them. And we handedly them. beat them. Yeah. And yeah. we handedly beat them in, in our building. Um, yeah, kind precisely. of comprehensively beat them in our building. So it, it's a bit of a shame that it came down to these these couple of results against teams that we should be beating. We should be getting points against um, pretty easily. And it, it speaks to our depth. We don't have a game changer. If it's not working, we're kind of done for. Right, we don't like Reese Nelson did great that one time. Yeah, I don't Tr- mind him as a player. I think he's good off the bench. I think he's a, you know he can do a job, but if if he's going to be our fucking off the bench talisman, that, that we're in a bad situation. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's not good. And in this game in particular, when Martinelli went out um, and we were unable to really stretch the play. I think it played right into Brighton's hands, like you said, because we had to go up the pitch with, you know, Trossard playing on the same side as the Brighton fans for, for most of that first half. Right. Um, uh, when he came on, there was, there was no way anything else was going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it, so it's, it's difficult. It's a kick in the nuts. I let myself believe and I got disappointed. But overall, good season, happy season back in the Champions League, if we can finish on a two-game, you know, win streak, if we can put the stones to fucking Forest on Saturday and then finish the season out properly, I think that that we'll have a good summer of recruitment. If we go out and lose to Forest or, or draw Forest in a, you know, kind of a, a mediocre way and then kind of just peter the season out um, – to no. no real avail in the last game. I think some clubs might look at that or some players rather might look at that and go, you know, their mentality might not be right. They they're very good, but I don't know if I want to join them. If, if they're these, you know, mentality mouses, right. Well, these, these little, little critters and not, you know, not kind of monstrous about it. You know what I mean? Go ahead and get that Malort ready. Cause we're just about done with the segment here, but there's a few thoughts on that too. You wonder then does, if you don't win those last two, does suddenly Martinelli get his head turned by a Barca? You know, does does suddenly right. you know does suddenly a United or a Chelsea or a City suddenly go? Oh, you know what? We really fancy Saka. We're just going to go ahead and offer you eighty million for him right now. And then suddenly it goes back to being the Arsenal that got to Champions League under Wenger and slowly fell away because every quality player you had ultimately got sold. And like, yeah, this is, well, it's what, very important you finish the season strong. With, what I disagree with there is Martinelli's been there from a young age. Mm-hmm. Saka's been obviously a, a product of our academy. Of course. Um, those two players in particular, just because those were the examples you used, Adu was such a father figure to Martinelli that I think he's safe, you know. Um, they didn't really loan him out a ton. He was one that was kept in the squad and kept training with the first team mm-hmm. for, you know, four or five years uh, and then finally brought through. And then Saka just being, you know, a, a, a part of our academy, I think they both have bought in to what Arteta is doing and the the project 
Um, they're both excelling. They're both starting for their national teams. They're both very important players for their national teams. Um, and I think that they have, you know, I, I'd like to think as, as much as a modern player can have loyalty, I think those two in particular do because they are vital to what Arsenal does. Fair and enough. If, I, I, if, I if I'm just meaning that as an in. example, Sam. I'm trying to keep it rolling here. I didn't. I didn't mean to like saying, open a diatribe about it. I'm just saying if they, if they're buying in, what's because they're so important. The rest of the squad, there's no other way for them to go. They mm-hmm. have to buy into it. Okay, fair enough. Because those two have been so important, um, and I, I think they'll stick around. I don't think anybody's going to be able to pick them off personally, but I've been wrong before. All right, do that shot of my lord. As he's fucking taking it to the neck. Look at him killing that bottle. That a boy. Nicely done. Let's say uh, my bottle here is getting pretty low too. It's going to be time to go buy another bottle this week because there's a chance there might be That'll more be shots in our future. <laughs> well, um, Mel's team really sucked at the start of the season, and my team sucked all fucking season. Now, what's interesting for Brighton? They jump up to sixth place. And it's really looking like it's either Villa or Spurs who are going to be left looking on the outside, looking in. And we're about to get to what the hell happened with those two clubs. Rounding out the rest of the league in, oh, so that happened. Oh, so my pages are going to stick together. Jesus, what a mess. Leeds 2, Newcastle 2, Villa 2, Tottenham 1. Chelsea 2, Forest 2, Palace 2, Bournemouth 0, Man U 2, Wolves 0, Brentford 2, West Ham 0, Liverpool 3, Leicester 0. Leeds get a big point. That is, that's exactly the kind of bullshit Sam Allardyce does, man. Home against a team this that's... Is two, this, is, this is two points dropped. Yeah. Leeds should have won this game, hands down. Yeah, and well, I'll they, tell you why. Well, you got to make There's a penalty. two words for you. There's two words and a bad mustache. Junior Furpo. <laughs> he did everything he could do to fuck his own team over. Mm-hmm. Gave away a penalty. Um, got red carded eventually, finally. Should have been red carded earlier. Uh, had a, a few offenses. Gave away numerous dangerous free kicks he was an absolute fucking shit show junior furpo and if it wasn't for him Leeds would have won this game now yes you're right it is a massive point in the the context of the season it's important that they got this point that they didn't expect but the two points dropped in my mind and, and not enough people are talking about it junior furpo cost them two points they could have been out of the relegation zone and just about safe by now, except for him. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're not he's wrong. Like, he, he also looks like if you cast a – you remember um, – what was the dive, the Navy diving movie with Cuba Gooding Jr.? I, I remember it. I don't remember the name, but I know the one you're talking about. Men of Honor. Men mm-hmm. of Honor is the name of the movie. Men of Honor. Um, if you did a – parody porn of men of honor junior furpo would be cuba gooding jr <laughs> uh for newcastle champions league isn't guaranteed yet because liverpool is right on their ass and and manchester united's right there with them on uh even on points as well i believe yeah you're absolutely right and that that's important for for those two clubs as well because whichever one finishes in fourth obviously has to do their uh, qualification round mm-hmm. uh, in you know kind of early late July early August which kind of truncates and you know screws up your your preseason yes it does um, which I think both teams need uh, I think the Saudi money might actually flex this summer because of where they're finishing and because they're in the Champions League they won't want to get embarrassed and Eddie Howe uh, will, especially not being a very big name in the managerial game, will have to have all summer to work with these players uh, that they're going to bring in, in, in my opinion. There's still talk of Neymar. There's still talk of, a, you know, 
some people that could be locker room nightmares. Yeah. Um, being being signed. And if Hal doesn't have a full unadulterated summer to work with these players, I think Newcastle could uh, could start very shakily next season. They need to finish in third place, I think, more so than Manchester United, simply because Eric Ten Hag is a big name, mm-hmm. and Eric Ten Hag has that <laughs> reputation, and um, and now has a full season under his belt with them. And I don't think Manchester United are really going to buy a shitload of players. I think they'll add one or two pieces they actually need because they have a football man in charge. Now they have a Dutchman that's going to tell whatever, you know, commercial person, I don't care about selling shirts. You cunt. We're going to do it this way. (laughs) The Dutch, a literal people moving on to the next one. (laughs) The score line does not do this game. Any justice Villa fucked Tottenham. Villa was in form in this match yeah they needed the referee to bail him out to uh get a penalty uh there for tottenham oh god that was soft god that was soft that was definitely a uh big six penalty yeah i mean he he touched the ball one way and then turned his body into emmy martinez and went over top of him it was like he just wanted to make sure as long as i touch the ball i'll get the penalty and he totally touched the ball like he didn't go with the ball it was like oh yeah That's because Harry Kane knew he couldn't get around that ass. <laughs> that was well, that was. There, there's a, now Emmy Martinez came up huge in a lot of situations mm-hmm. in this game. I thought Villa lived a little dangerously, to be honest. Despite their dominance on the ball, I thought they lived a little dangerously. A lot of those um, saves ultimately didn't Martinez count though, because they were twice. all sides. Got to remember a lot of those mm-hmm. saves that Emmy made didn't count because ultimately Spurs were off sides. Well, and they kept Well, it- I'm thinking the, the, big, the biggest one was when, uh, was it Douglas Louise got uh-huh. caught in possession and Harry Kane was on the edge of the box by himself. Mm-hmm. And you would expect them to bury it. Emmy Martinez was at full stretch, mm-hmm. beautiful big hands to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fantastic save against one of the best finishers in the world, to be honest. Um, was was absolutely excellent, and that's that's one of those things. And I'll come on to it. West Ham game. That's one of those moments where a save happens and it galvanizes the team. And Villa then decided to push forward and control the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. West Ham, on the other hand, when they had their goal mouth scramble and it was awesome, and Fabianski got all big, they then conceded a second one about four minutes later. Yeah, exactly. The other big thing, uh, Mel. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were talking about that ass. <laughs> just your boy your boy was all in the dome and it's a rather large dome of oh, harry yeah. kane oh yeah begin versus kane was fun to watch and that you know there were so many levels of drama beyond you know villa tottenham there's also a little scotland england going on yeah. in that one i i would kane just couldn't make a move without mcginn being on him I would just love to think in my own brain that at some point, you know, he looked at Harry Kane and went, I can't blame me for being English. I'm just a wanker. But we were colonized by a bunch of fucking wankers. Uh, Douglas Louise. Yeah, and John McGinn colonized his ass back. <laughs> Uh, John, uh, Douglas Louise did an interview and he said the atmosphere here is crazy I'm so happy to be here playing at Villa Park it's a dream and we believe in Unai Emery and we're so happy with him and it shows on the pitch next one's a big one you go to Liverpool you know and if you can get I'm out of going the, in cocky dude you can get all the bants you can get out of that with a point Right, you get mm-hmm. a point in that match. The end of the season, I'm telling you, Leeds is probably beating Spurs at home, and that, especially if it comes down to they need to win that game yeah. to stay yeah. up. I would not be surprised if Leeds wins that fucking game, and I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I Spurs it. are the kind of team to piss it off. Absolutely, hundred percent. Especially because they, by that point, they won't have anything to play for. 
I have a question about Douglas Louise. Uh-huh. When he gave that interview, um, is he trying to get back with his ex who's still on Villa's women's team or no? <laughs> I don't know. I, is he I don't trying wanna... to reassure her that he's going to still be there? I she don't want to comment on Ashley's schedule. Thank <laughs> yes. you very much. And remember, Ashley, the second best asset of fucking Villa. Uh, <laughs> Mr. McGinn holds the one seed. My goodness. Uh, yeah. Chelsea and Forrest. There's not really a lot to talk about this other than for Forrest, this is a massive point. This is Everton got a point at at the bridge as well. Like if if you're gonna stay up, the the you know you got a team that's a wounded animal in Chelsea. Go get something out of it, right? Definitely go get something out of it. Yeah, uh, Mendy. They were very organized, Forrest, in this game. Very organized. Mm-hmm. Chelsea had a tough time breaking them down, which they've had trouble doing the entire season, really. Um, and if it wasn't for the, you know, kind of solo effort by Raheem Sterling, Chelsea would have lost this game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I love that Awoni, who's been criticized over and over again, oftentimes by me this season, um, has stepped up over the last few weeks and really taken the responsibility of this Forest team and their their survival bid on his own shoulders. That's That's been awesome to watch. If, um, if and this team he's been stays up, and it also helps that I have him on my fantasy team. If this team stays up, he's going to be very paramount for them next year. I think he's a 15 oh, yeah. goal scorer for them. I think he he will because he's going to be the starting striker next season. It's his job to lose. And I think if they stay, yeah. Up. And I think he's figured figured the league out in general. And as long as again they don't add too many people, I think they have the requisite quality. Yeah. They just need to figure out their own system and a like a set sixteen to eighteen players that they regularly use. Yeah, it's now time to to sell off some of those other guys. Like, I mean, move on from some people. That's for for darn sure. I think you know yeah, the Jesse Lingard experiment was nice, core, but move on. Exactly. Once they get that core. I think they'll be a lot better off than they were this season, 100%. Uh, the big news, though, for Chelsea uh, it, that we're looking towards, I was going to mention, uh, just in passing real quick, Mendy gets his first start uh, since coming back from his injury and he hasn't been playing for a while. Did not look good at all. Both of those goals for Awoni, no, terrible. he could have done better with. He, I mean, Awoni made sure it oh, went yeah. in the back of the net, but... Mendy could have done better, but the big news suddenly out of right field. Oh shit! Potch is going to be the coach next season. (laughs) (laughs) Bowley gonna bowley, man. Bowley gonna splash that cash. Make that shit rain. Hundred percent, and I'm sure it's going to also include a couple of swap uh, players for Harry Kane. Yep, we were talking about that off mic. Actually installed. Yep. Yep, do not disagree. Let's keep it moving, though. There's really not much else to say on that one. Uh, these next couple, the, really, there's something in the Brentford west Ham match to really talk about. But Palace over Bournemouth, it was whoever scored the first goal first was going to roll, and it was Palace, and it was Ezzy, and Ezzy, you know, fell out of favor with Vieira. And if there's one thing that you could say Roy's gotten right is Ezzy's been playing and Ezzy's been fucking producing. Like three braces yeah, since he's been playing for Ezzy. Uh, for uh, Patrick for Vieira didn't play him. Yeah, I don't know why Vieira didn't play him very much once he came back from that injury. He's been talismanic as a, I mean, more so than Zaha, to be honest, because they still got a few results after Zaha got hurt, and it was on the back of Eze. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the cherries, I mean, I. We always want to try to talk about all the teams. There's really not much more to say about the Cherries. They're comfortably safe. They're they're worrying about how they're yeah, going to invest their money fine. next. Like that's and fair to them. You know what? If you're a newly promoted team, you don't want to be. You've done exactly what you needed to be done. Done. You don't need to be talked about. Yeah, it's 100%. okay. On Gary, to next year. Gary O'Neill rather has done an excellent job. Yeah. On to next year. Don't even worry about He's it. He's done an excellent job. Uh, Man U and Wolves. Wolves kept it tight just because their defense can keep them in matches, but this was this could have been a lot worse. Like, United could have scored a this lot is, more. It was super, super comfortable yeah. for United. Yeah. Um, and if the chances that came fell to anyone other than Anthony, they'd have won 5-0. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And for Wolves again, but he had th- what three shots off target that should have been on target, mm-hmm. and then one that was on target but saved very well by the backup goalkeeper. Yeah, what what United needs to be very careful of is to make sure that ultimately Liverpool doesn't pass them. Right, that's what they got to do, and they're they're probably going to be okay. They still have their uh, their game in hand to play this week against uh, Chelsea, which should be a win for them should be a, a win for them and that should put them where they and need hopefully to be for them Rashford's back as well right and uh for Wolves I did the whole lot of Wolves show before we did this tonight uh to, to preview Everton of course you've done the show with them before as well mm-hmm. and for me nice I guys, you know, yep. <laughs> I was talking about Wolves since that loss to Leeds the 42 loss to Leeds they've been great at home they've won four at home and they've lost almost everything on the road now for the only difference in this is the four that they won where again, it was like, okay, Villa's playing for something, but it's also a derby officially for them. It's, you know, they beat Chelsea, but Chelsea's been god-awful. They beat West Ham, but West Ham's been god-awful, at least on the road, right? I'm, I'm not saying Brentford's been god-awful all year. They haven't been. They've been quite good. But that and Chelsea and um, uh, they beat Palace at home, right? So they've won their games at home. The mm-hmm. only difference is, is you know, they're playing a team with their back against the wall. That's what's going to be different. But for the most part, you know, Wolves is a lot like Bournemouth. They're on Dubai time already, baby. Just, you know, we did what we did. Yep. We survived. We're okay. Let's move on to next year. Now, the Brentford-West Ham game is, is interesting because it felt like West Ham's defense let down Fabianski but it was only after Fabianski let down West Ham by giving up a pretty bad goal on the first one. Pretty tame, yeah, pretty tame goal, that uh, the Emblemo uh, goal. Um, I, I felt he could have done better with it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, but there there was a moment, uh, it was still 1-0, uh, I think, uh, when this massive kind of 14 player goal mouth scramble, you know, save and then block and then head her out and then, but not very far. And then somebody volleyed back in and then Ben me got on the end of it. And then there was another header and then it got deflected by Ben me again. And it was a, you know, a proper thing. And Fabianski got up and celebrated like he scored a fucking goal. Yeah, it was he made three fucking se- he made seven saves in that match. He made a couple of more yeah, fucking worldies. That should have been the moment where West Ham went, let's do this together. Fuck yeah, this is our day. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes later, whatever it was, they let Johan Wiesa fucking just head in uncontested. Yep. No problem. Yep. Yeah, it was but and and because of that, they're probably they're safe. Ridiculous. <laughs> West Ham are probably safe. But their schedule is Leeds and Leicester. And if they lose both of those games, they will go down. If they lose both of those matches, they are fucking going down. Cause there'll be enough teams because Leicester and Leeds will have gotten those quote unquote six pointers over them. And God forbid Everton wins one of their two. And and Forrest find a way to get a point at Palace. Fucking West Ham will go down. So the it's a relief for me, you know, not a relief for the lead supporters. It's a relief for me knowing West Ham got to play. West Ham's got to show up this next week to play Leeds because they need at least a point. Well, what's good? What's good in West Ham's situation is they only have a minus fourteen goal differential, and I don't think they're going to lose to Leeds five 0 which they will need to do to put them in a problematic situation in terms of goal difference. Right. Um, and they are still five points clear of you and six points clear of Leeds. Okay. Uh, but Leeds have an 11 goal worse goal differential. So there is a situation where they could stay up solely on goal difference um, as long as they only lose like one nil. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they, um, but again, they're still they, there. They've t- done enough. They've done enough in the last couple games. I think that they're going to be safe. But you're absolutely right. They could get drugged back into it very quickly here uh, if if they suffer a heavy defeat in the next one out. I I completely agree that they are in all likelihood safe. But it's now made these last two games, especially well at least this next game against Leeds. They got to fucking pay attention. 
They have to. They got no choice, man. They better make sure their their shit's straight, you know? Finally, yeah, 100%. Leicester and Liverpool. Leicester, much like Everton, the, you know, they really played Liverpool tough for the first 30 minutes. But then the minute that first goal went in, it was, it it's was over. over. Yeah, it Game was done. done. And the problem there for... trick of assists. Yeah, for Mo, you couldn't score the wide open one that I needed to make sure I hit my bet. We'll get on to that. I got that right fucking here. Thanks a lot, Mo. I bet real money on that on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. $15. Yeah. Did, With a profit boost. Okay. Did you did you get your Diaz uh, shot on target or no? No, it didn't matter either because I needed Mo to score. Oh, you needed Mo to score. Yeah, wide open, wide open. All he had to do was put it away. Got a bunch of assists, but didn't actually score a goal. For Leicester, the one thing I think that's worth mentioning about Leicester, and then let's wrap this all up, is they still seem to be oblivious that they're in 19th place. Like, Yeah, they they did a lot of showing the the owner, uh, uh, Shunadabra Prava's son, the the one that's in charge now, uh, you know, kind of posthumously of him, um, and he looked abject in the stands, and that's not a good look uh, from the top down. You know what I mean? No, not at all. And he just kind of sat there. I mean, for those of you watching, I mean, this is he just kind of sat there like this during the game. Yeah, and yeah, didn't really show any emotion. And that's not what you want to see from your owner. You want him to be pissed off. You want him to be like, you know, cheering the team on or doing this or doing that. And he wasn't doing any of it. He he just wasn't really involved. And that's kind of sad, to be honest, because his father was so into it. Um, It's a little bit of a shame. And uh, I would hate to see them go down. Uh, I, I love their story. I love everything, you know, kind of about them over the last few years. But. You know, if they're they're not even going to try, then fucking good riddance. It's one thing when the fans are like, you know what? If we went down, it's not the end of the world. We, We won the fucking league. We won an FA Cup. We've been playing with house money. We've been in the top 10 for so long. And if we went down, it's not the end of the world. I can get that from a fan, from a supporter, because... You really have like you've you like you're never going to win the league again. You got a title. You, you got the same amount of titles oh, yeah, as, you, as Liverpool for fuck's sake, dream. right? So if you go down, that's not the end of the world. What is the rest of the what is the end of the world is when your players, your manager, and your owner all think the same way. Sure money. <sighs> Over thirty six. Thirty five. Over thirty five. I'm uh I'm I'm pretty much done and dusted. <laughs> here here on uh here on my side of the ledger. Um so uh I I'm gonna uh, it's just gonna take me a moment to pull up my odds. So Sam, why don't you go ahead and go and talk about what you did? All right. Um like we said, Salah fucked off on a one on one. All I needed was him to score and I would have hit my fucking bet, and I'm now down fourteen hundred and fifty two dollars. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Seventeen point six four seven zero five nine percent of the time, Mr. Graham. It works a hundred percent of the time. For my couple losers, seriously, Mo, seriously, that's what I have. Fucker can score those goals like there's no tomorrow. But when I need him to, to fucking hit a bet, can't fucking hit it. Fucks it right off completely. So uh, I'm getting away from the Liverpool bit because the Liverpool bit burned me this time. And I'm going to go with a little bit of a risky three-game parlay, but I want to get under $1,000. Give me... Brentford to beat Spurs, Seagulls to beat the Saints, and the Magpies to beat the Foxes at plus 572. So the tough one is, do the Bees beat the Spurs at Tottenham? But everything else, you know, Seagulls are going to beat the Saints, and I think I think uh, Newcastle definitely beats Leicester. And if that happens, 572, I'm under 1000 bucks, and I'm within striking distance of Pat.
So that's where I want to be. All right. There you go. Not too shabby. Uh, I got an email from our good friend. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. He's a little too enthusiastic at the beginning for what the email says. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to read it with the punctuation he used. Okay. Hey, guys. <laughs> I had an abysmal week. I thought it was the curse of Chelsea coming back to bite my ass one more time. But when you lose all three picks, it's not bad luck. It's bad sports gambling. <laughs> so this week, I'm going to go really boring and nothing outside of the box. I'm making a two-game parlay for $250 that pays off at $340. First, I'll take Liverpool to beat Aston Villa and Arsenal to beat Nottingham Forest. I know, not exciting. But I'd like to get just a little closer to even money before the season's over, and the books need to be cleared. You guys have a great week. And don't get too drunk at the Preakness. If you're going. <laughs> Pat, I do like the inflection you've read it in. That's a bad bet. Forrest is going to beat <laughs> Arsenal. They're fucking off their whole season. Fuck and you, you know Villa's going to fuck Liverpool. We're on a tear. I just like the fact that he bet 250, <laughs> which gets him closer to me if I hit my bet. That, that makes me very happy. Point to the doll that says I'm wrong, yeah. Graham. <laughs> I really like I, I really like the opening two sentences that start, Hey, guys. Well, I had an abysmal week. <laughs> oh, my God. Even, even in it's emails. Like, it's a sentence out of train spotting, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Even, even in emails. He's gold. He's always gold. He's fucking gold. So is that it? Segment over? Nope, nope, nope. Sam's still got to make no. his bet. Oh, I'm ahead of my own self. Head <laughs> <laughs> of words, Chelsea's too. Chelsea's going to beat City. Oh, you keep it with it. Chelsea to beat City, huh? I told you. I'm winning the betting or I'm winning the league. <laughs> I like it. I, I I mean, come on, Graham. You the, the last game of the season. You got to do your ten game parlayer, man. It's how you work. Well, I will. And here's here's the here's what's happening, right? So I'm thirty five hundred down. Okay, there's thirty eight weeks in the season. We don't bet the first week. We all we, this is well documented. I'm going for two hundred dollars on this week. Chelsea to beat City at plus nine hundred. Oh, there we if go. This, if this doesn't work, City have already won the league. I don't need to stick with the bit. I can do my 10-game parlay for 100 bucks <laughs> and either win the betting or finish a very even, concise, and no problem $3,800 down. <laughs> there you go. So I'm betting 200 bucks this week to make sure I make up for that first week of the season. Plus 900 Chelsea over City to pay me out at 1800 motherfucking dollars when Mikhaila Mudrik scores a hat trick this weekend. Mm. Very good. Yeah, that'd be perfect, especially <laughs> after I picked he, him up and dropped him way, from my fantasy he, team. He won't. No, he won't. He won't. He won't. They're, they're gonna... <laughs> you know, the one thing that is a consistent is that we have at least one person, well, one poultry, that is over 500. It's Kitty the Chicken. <laughs> one, one poultry. <laughs> well, Kitty hit with Villa. Villa and, Fox. Uh, she sits at 18 and 17. So this week, I gave Kitty Fulham Welcoming Palace. Now, Kitty showed me her ticket to the Preakness, where she will be a guest. In, oh, she will be a guest in the NBC tent, hanging with, oh no, <laughs> it's Rebecca Lowe. But wouldn't you know it, Clint Dempsey is a huge horse racing fan, and Go he'll figure. be there too. Now, huh. Rebecca is all palace all day, and Clint is a full of legend, so... Looks like that was a very long horse race to tell that Kitty is taking a draw in the end. There you go. 
Yeah. I, so, sometimes I like to mix it up. I'm sorry. Sometimes Kitty's Ghostwriter likes to mix it up for you. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of mixing up. Uh, do you know what you don't want to mix up? What don't you want to mix up? Uh, your beers and your liquors, but you also don't want to mix up your bets. So that's why you always gamble legally and responsibly. Championship Corner! I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, no. This should be pretty easy. It's just a couple of playoff games, right? It's just the two playoff games. It would just be nice if I remembered it was happening. <laughs> um, because I just bottle killed a second bottle and I was twirling it for the camera. I know. Very good. Not preparing yourself. <laughs> That's brilliant, and I. I do know we are unfortunate person. One can't fucking find. Graham, while you're pulling it up, I can tell you we are one step closer to a Tyneware Derby. They got one in. So Sunderland won. Yep. Sunderland won. That's good news. You're what about held. the next, the <laughs> other one, Sam? Well, I'm going to go, oh, oh, it's my segment now. Okay, I hear you. I'll go ahead and pull Here that up. Here we go. Uh, Coventry and Boro tied nil-nil mm-hmm. uh, after Sunderland beat Luton Town 2-1. Now, these are first leg ties, so they still have to play their second ties on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, um, which is through the magic of radio today and tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Sunderland take a two-one lead um, to Luton Town, uh, and then a nil-nil draw uh, between Coventry and Borough. So that will be decided on the day uh, on Wednesday, which will be pretty cool. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you watch the final. The final is going to be a cracker, no matter what happens. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Well, it's always fun to watch that match. It's the it's the wealthiest game in all of professional soccer. It really is. It's who gets up to the prem, and you know, outside of outside of Borough, I'm I'm rooting for all three of those sides, like Luton, Coventry, or uh, or Sunderland. All of them are. I'm glad to see them get back up. You know, so all right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up, boys and girls. Uh, it looks like I'm missing Mr. Graham here on the pitcher. Do you still hear us in the audio, Mr. Graham? There he is. I had to reconnect my AirPod. Oh, all good. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Graham, any parting words? Nah, there weren't really any guns this week, so that's good. That's helpful. Um, so we can wrap this up, I think. Uh, double bottle kill Monday. Very good. Well, I'm going to go make another uh, uh, gin and tonic for myself and my lovely bride as we get ready to do injury time where we're going to preview the week's action. We're going to talk about the beers we've been drinking, and we're also going to go ahead and uh, check in on our adopted clubs and talk a little bit about League One and League Two as well and their playoffs and what's going on there. So should somebody want to find injury time, Mr. Graham, how do they go about doing it? Uh, It is www.patreon.com. Or no, patreon.com forward slash D football show uh, to find all your extra stuff. $5 a month. Very easy. And Carly says, I'm not doing anything to help us move. This is one less thing we got to carry. Yeah, exactly. Good. You know what? Good work. It's the little things, Graham. You know what? Kill a bottle of gin and feed your child a plate full of bacon. You are father of the fucking year right there, my friend. Hashtag winning. <laughs> Till next week, everybody. Charlie Sheen. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord. Straight and short, Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Don't you get mad?